And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio. And again, we are here talking about that difficult conversation that so many families need to have, but they don't talk about it. And certainly, um, we have the best person in the world to share with us how to do that and how to really help your loved one make that transition as they leave this you know, this human existence into their afterlife, whatever that may be. And we are here with our wonderful Daphne Davis. Daphne, welcome back. Hello, everyone. (laughs) So we've talked, you've just been through this incredible story with your mother-in-law and Margaret and hearing your story with her. You know, I'm sure for you being in the industry for 20 some years and me, you know, you're still learning things and there's still new things that happen all the time. And I know for you, um, you kind of have kind of evolved in that process as well. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, when you started, you know, coming into the picture as she was at the end of her life. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what happened and what you know, what's available out there if somebody is, you know, at that transition? So one of the things that, and this is probably a little bit more because of my professional eyes, but when we um, made the decision, it's now we have to go see Margaret right now. This is it. And we got on a plane and we went to see Margaret. Um, my professional eyes saw a woman who was was suffering. Yeah. And it was my motivation to try and help the whole family figure out how to collectively not be suffering. Right. And it it doesn't have to be that way. I want everyone to hear no one has to suffer through no. this chapter of life, the end of life. No one has to suffer this way. I mean, there are, are so many ways to help mitigate um, pain and suffering, anguish, um, uncertainty, fear, all of those things. And through hospice and palliative both, you can have different services, something you might think this is silly, but something is is effective as music therapy, massage therapy, um, pet therapy, um, chaplaincy. There are a host of of, um, aromatherapy, a host of, of services that you can have. Now, Margaret's personality was, I don't need any of that. And I love her already, by the way. Kathy is an amazing human being. She is. She's an awesome woman. As her son said, she was quite a gal. <laughs> um, but she didn't she didn't think any of those services needed to be happening. Um, I will say, as her daughter in law, I did jump in when she was at the hospice floor and I did start, you know, massaging her feet because they were so tense. And as soon as I, you know, appropriately massaged them, she could relax a little bit. So sometimes you have to sneak it in with with your loved ones. There are lots of services available. The main thing that they did not understand was how to manage her pain. She had physical pain because of her falls. She, we got there Thursday, Friday morning, sometime around eight to nine o'clock in the morning, she fell again. And we had just left her place, like probably around five o'clock on Thursday. And so typically when you're on hospice, you don't go to the hospital again. You contact your hospice team and that doctor on the hospice team becomes your primary care doctor, per se. Um, But she went to, to the hospital because we were thinking she had another break. Well, it was a chip, which is just as painful. Very much so. 
they didn't understand, the family didn't understand the different methodologies with medication that could still keep her alert right. and, and cognitive and not over-medicated, but give her some relief. Right. And there was a miscommunication someplace that happened. And I think that it's primarily because we just didn't know what questions to ask. The family members didn't know what questions. And so my role became like an end-of-life doula. And this is a service that many people don't know about. And it is relatively new. It is an organization of end-of-life doulas. There's an international organization for that. You can certainly Google it and learn more about it. But it, as I have researched end-of-life doulas, it feels more like that son or daughter who can be objective you know, maybe it's the niece or nephew that's not, you know, the son or daughter, but the niece or nephew that can come in and and kind of guide everyone without the emotional charge. Yeah. And so that was the role that kind of happened. I will tell you, my, my sister-in-law, Kathy, was so appreciative of me being there because she didn't have anyone. How lucky they were to have you. Yeah, they just didn't have anyone to, to ask the questions. Yeah. Um, the other thing that happens is when you are the primary family members, there is a natural relationship. And the hospice doctor at the hospital, uh, he and I were talking about this with Kathy. There's a natural relationship that happens with very familial relationships, sons, daughters, spouses, the person. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little more we removed the relationship, the conversation changes. Now, Margaret stayed the, the matriarch to her last, Cognitive breath. <laughs> um, she, she was the I love this woman. Yeah, she was and, and she is, and she just would not let Kathy know really what was happening. It's hard. It you know, is, and it's the daughter mother daughter thing. It you know? is. You don't want to burden your children. Yeah, you don't want to go out of life, especially if she was as independent as she was. To say, oh, I had to burden my child. Right? Yes. It's like that's they don't want to do the that. worst time in the world that they want to do that. So I totally get it. And that's when that doula comes in. That's when the hospice nurse comes in, the hospice social worker, the chaplaincy, you know, your pastor, somebody mm-hmm. who knows the options that are happening. The, the hospice doctor can be wonderful. Um, you know, we got to the place where it was appropriate for Margaret to be on a morphine drip. Yep. Um, and so it, it really had progressed quickly. Mm-hmm. And my, my personal observation throughout, you know, 20 plus years of doing this is when people are given the permission to rest in their disease or to rest in the process of their life and that next chapter being the end of life, mm-hmm. when they're given permission to just accept it, Right. Things change very quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the human spirit is powerful, absolutely powerful. It hangs on for as long as it needs to. Got to see my, you know, favorite grand grandbaby, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You, they stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at the same time, there comes a time when it's like, Mom, you can let go. Yeah, and, and it's I- interesting that you say that because um, I was very single. I met my husband and um, we got engaged on Easter Sunday of 2011, uh, which was, uh, which was April 25th, I think, or 24th, April 24th of 2011 and uh, got in the middle of the night and, you know, pounded on the door at at a skilled nursing where she was. And um, 
they let us in and I said, we have big news. And we woke her up and we told her, you know, we got engaged. And her first words were, thank God I can die now. (laughs) And then she, then I go, oh, mom, don't say that. We're going to do a wedding. We're going to do this and that, everything. She passed away one month to the day after I got engaged. So you're talking about the human spirit. Absolutely. She was staying alive because she didn't want me to be alone. Yeah. Those things happen all the time. So the message to the families are have somebody from the outside, have an end-of-life doula, have an an advisor with you. Yes. Yes. Lean on the social workers. Lean on the nurses. Yes. And tell them, please be blunt with me. Please cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. Don't sugarcoat it. Right. I want to know. Um, our family is strong, you know, or, or our, our family doesn't know anything about this. We've never gone through a death yet. Mm-hmm. You know, be courageous. Or call a doula and yeah. have a doula work with your family that can, if you don't have somebody that you feel, you know, or if you're the healthcare director of, and you feel like, you know, I just don't have it in me to to ask these questions or to advocate in the way that I need to, that's what they're there for. And it's a wonderful service that can help you. And I, and, you know, I know a couple of doulas in my background and it's their honor and privilege to work with families. And um, you will find it, it, and it's an incredible experience for sure. Those are the appropriate words, and and I know all of us at Pinnacle Senior Placements feel that way. When we're involved in people's lives on such an intimate level um, and a private level for many families, it is an honor and it is a privilege Mm -hmm. uh, to help you. Yes, it really truly is. And I, you know, and I know that with, with how Pinnacle works with families, you can help bridge families to those resources. Absolutely. So let's talk. We have about a minute and a half left. I would love to talk about, like, how does Pinnacle fit into this picture? So as I was going through my story with my mother-in-law, I realized that I've done this many times with other families. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's the families who were able to say, hey, something's going on with my mom. Now, remember, we help our families from beginning to end, literally, when someone cannot be in their own home alone any longer. Mm-hmm. And we help figure out what is the best option. But it's the families who have reached out or the divine phone calls that I've done that say, oh, Daphne, your phone call is perfect for following up on my mom. This is what we're going through now. And so Pinnacle can help you get connected to, a, you know, many, there are many hospice services. Mm-hmm. And depending upon what your priorities are, again, Pinnacle can um, vet and direct you to some options that might work for you. We have phone numbers. You don't have to do that work. This is not the time that you want to be doing research and vetting. Um, It might be something as simple as, how do I do a Zoom meeting? My siblings are all over the United States. Mm -hmm. That's something that we were doing with Margaret very often in the last three months. Well, and And I think, too, you know, you're going to find that maybe dad is perfectly independent, but mom is flipping quickly. That's something that you can professionally assess, help them both get into a situation where they stay together, where they can be together and allow mom to transition and dad still has a support network around him. And I think that's something that you can really be a key member. So how do we reach you? Well, you reach me on the phone at 855-734-734. 
1500. And I encourage you to go to our website, which is PinnacleSeniorPlacements.com. Awesome. And everyone, we have 15 minutes left of this hour, and Daphne is coming back, and we're going to talk more about this topic right after this. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier.